because today we're going to be talking about money and a few other things, but Jesus is mainly talking about money, um, but we'll jump into that in just a moment. But I just want to say a big thank you to Elise and to Andrea, who so awesomely taught. Um, Andrea taught two weeks ago, Elise taught last week, and they did a great job, and it's so cool to sit under really solid teaching from girls who are like we do life with. So thank you guys for preparing and being willing to teach. And I think next week Delaney is teaching, right? Two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks Delaney's teaching. So yeah, that's amazing. And so thank you so much. Um, and this week we're diving back into the Sermon on the Mount. And we've kind of been in the Sermon on the Mount for a really long time, but that's okay because every week we've been learning something different. Um, and Jesus really wants us to lean into this because this message is directed directly towards us as believers. Um, so my question for you guys as we kind of dive into this is how do you know when something in your life has moved to becoming obsessive or some or like an idol? Yeah, yeah. like takes over your mind. Yeah, when it takes up your time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. How else do you know when it something moves from becoming just a normal thing in your life to being an idol? When you feel like you can't live without it. Yeah. Yeah. When you think if this thing was taken from me, my life would be pointless. Yeah. Yeah, so there's like a lot of a lot of things in life that are not bad, but as soon as they become the the purpose of our life or the core of our life, that's when we get into really dangerous territory. Um, so today we're going to be talking about money and the treasures of this world. So Jesus, his main point in this little section, <clears throat> Matthew six nineteen through twenty four, if you're looking where to flip, his main point is he's talking about money, but he's also talking about the treasures of this world. So we're going to kind of be doing both. We're going to sp- spend some time talking about money, but then we're also going to broaden it because there's obviously a lot of other things that we can idolize. There's a lot of other treasures we can look to that aren't God. Um, so we're going to kind of broaden. That a little bit. Um, So the really interesting thing about this passage and about a lot of other passages in scripture is that Jesus spends a lot of his time teaching, teaching about money. So he talks about money more than he talks about sex. He talks about money more than he talks about heaven and hell. Um, Money is like a really big topic for Jesus. He talks about it all the time Um, because obviously for Jesus, the way we use our money is really important. Uh, Why do you think Jesus really emphasizes our money? Why does he spend so much time talking about it? I think it's because he like understood that like that's usually how people like would get what they needed hmm. at the time. Like when people like needed to go get food, they would just use money to go buy it. Yeah. Um, which like God does like give us money, but I'm sure he also knows that like the things that like he provides that like we use money to pay for, he also provides that. Hmm. So maybe he like understands that like People are starting to trust more in money than in God. Yeah, yeah. He, like, can kind of sense that people are starting to idolize money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he did sense it, yeah. Yeah. Why else? Why do you think Jesus spends so much time talking about money? I think it's one of the yeah, so easy to idolize. And it can just kind of slip under the radar, too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. He knows our hearts. He knows that we're prone to idols. And he knows that the root the root of money, or the root of evil, is love of money. Right? Is that how you say it? Um, so he knows that he knows that about our hearts. And so he spends a lot of time talking about money. Not because he wants our money. Not because he's like, give your money to the church. 
the church needs your money. Like Jesus doesn't need our money, right? He, he owns everything. He's powerful. He's almighty, but he gives us money in order so we can give it back to him. It's not actually ours to begin with. He gives us resources um, so that we can use them to praise him and honor him and bring glory to him and build the kingdom. Um, so yeah, so we're going to spend a lot of time talking about money today, but again, we're going to broaden it to everything else. So like, for example, we might not, like you might personally not struggle with money, but you can replace money with like any other idol in your life. And this lesson can apply to that, if that makes sense. Um, so we have three main points today. Number one, there are only two places to store your treasure. Number two, there are only two perspectives that you can have. And three, there's only one master you can serve. So that's one, there are only two places you can store your treasure. Two, there are only two perspectives you can have. And three, there's only one master you can serve. Um, So yeah, does anyone else need me to repeat that? Cool. All right, I'll go ahead and read this passage for us and then we'll dive in. Um, Matthew 6, 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys or where thieves break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters, for either either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. All right, so Jesus begins, this is point number one, sorry. Point number one, we see in this passage that there are only two places that you can store your treasure. There's only two places, there's no in-between. It's either heaven or earth that you're storing your treasure. Um, So Jesus begins with two simple commands, each followed by an explanation. He says, um, first command, do not store up your treasures um, for yourself on earth. And the reason is because moth and rust break will destroy them and thieves will break in and steal. So this is basically a picture that any treasure that you store on earth is is corruptible. It will rot away. It's not it's not secure. Um, it's impossible to hold it forever. It's it, it could be taken from you at any moment. Jesus is really focusing on the fact that nothing that we store on earth is ours to keep. Um, so he's kind of focusing on money in this. He's saying, like, your money is going to just disappear. You know, it's not, it's not yours. It's here for a moment and then gone. Um, thieves can easily break in and steal. Um, something could take away your money. You can maybe not make any money for the rest of your life. It's not secure. Um, and this goes for any earthly treasure, right? So earthly treasures are marked by the fact that they are fading. They're prone to break, prone to rot. Um, it's impossible to keep them secure, and they're temporary. Um, so what are your, some of the things that come to your mind when you think about earthly treasures other than money? Stuff. Stuff. What kind of stuff? Clothes. Clothes. House, yeah. Car. Yeah. Electronics. Yes. All those things. What are some other things that come to your mind? Earthly treasures. People. People. <laughs> yep. People. That's a hard one because you're supposed to love people. Yeah, but people are supposed to be kind of treasures to you. Yeah, they're yeah. supposed to be special to us, but they're not supposed to be the end-all, be-all, most important thing. If I don't have five friends, I only have two friends. Yeah. When the world is ending, mm-hmm. it should be Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Anything else come to your guys' mind when you think of earthly treasures? Hmm. 
success. Yep. Yeah. I made a little list as I was thinking through earthly treasures. And some of these are like material things and these aren't. Um, and these things aren't bad, right? I want to emphasize this. Like people aren't bad. Um, a lot of these things on this list are good, but they can definitely be earthly treasures if we let them. Um, so number one, money, of course. Uh, looks, having the perfect body, having the best clothes, relationships, whether that's boyfriends or husbands or friendships or family. Um, success, grades in school, performance in a sport, performance in um, music, having the perfect home, approval of what other people think of you, the desire to prove yourself, your schedule. I was so guilty of this. I found so much of my worth when my Google calendar was filled up by the minute. Like if I had no free time in the day, I was like, yes, I'm worth something. Very bad for you and impossible <laughs> to keep up. <laughs> um, having the perfect harmony in your family and your relationships. Leisure, people, your phone, social media, your dream job, your dream life. All these things, not all of them are bad, but some of them can really wreck your life if they become your life. Um, So it's not wrong to have money. It's not wrong to work hard in school. It's not wrong to do really well in a sport or to have a really busy schedule. Like Those aren't bad things, um, but it is wrong when that thing becomes our life source, when it becomes the core of our life. And like Delaney said, if it was to be taken away, what would our purpose be anymore? Um, So instead, Jesus says, store for yourself treasures in heaven because moth and rust will not get to them and thieves cannot break and steal. These treasures um, will never rot, never fade, never even lose their sparkle they are everlasting they're eternal um, and whatever work and whatever you do to store up treasures in heaven it's going to last forever and ever and ever um, and we can't always see the the earthly treasure right now right because it's being stored in heaven um, so we're not always going to see like if I share the gospel with my friend and my friend doesn't come to know the Lord until 20 years from now I'm obviously not going to see that treasure that is sharing the gospel with my friend right there on the spot. Um, but let's say like I never see her again and I die and I see her in heaven. The greatest treasure in the world is knowing that my friend is in heaven. And like that is a, a treasure that will last for an eternity. That is so much better than making sure that I have money or making sure I have success. Um, so heavenly treasures, we don't always get immediate gratification, right? Um, but they are eternal. They'll last forever. Um, and Jesus says that whatever your treasure is, it reveals something about your heart. Um, so if your treasure is in the, thing of this, the things of this world, your heart is going to rot away alongside of those things that you're treasuring. Um, even the good things made into idols will rot your life if they are your life. Uh, your life will crumble the moment that anything is taken or shaken or anything is comes into your life that is hard. But if your treasure is to do the will of the Lord, to seek after him, to share the gospel, um, to learn more about him, to love him more, um, if your heart is focused on the grace that you've received in Christ, you will live a joyful, full life that will never end, right? Your life here on earth will end, but then in heaven, you'll be reaping the benefits of this short life that you lived here on earth. Um, So yeah, there's only two places to store your treasure. You either store it in heaven or you store it in earth, on earth. There's no in-between. There's only two options. Um, So yeah, next Jesus uses the metaphor of an eye to illustrate his next point. And we see that there's only two perspectives that you can have, either an earthly perspective or a heavenly perspective. Um, So how can you tell when someone has a worldly perspective? Yeah, yeah. They get easily stressed. 
or kind of worked up about things. Yeah. Yeah. How else can you tell when someone else or yourself has a worldly perspective? I think you can tell by the fruit of their life. Mm-hmm. Like, if they're not completely just, like, heavenly focused, then they're not going to have love, joy, peace, patience, mm-hmm. and so on yeah. and so forth. Yeah. So, what, what the actions they do and the fruit they produce tells you a lot about who they mm-hmm. are and what they're looking at. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. One, they really big on instant gratification, mm. and that's really easy to see. Um, and two, kind of along with what Delaney said, they have well, I guess along with what Delaney said too, but the way that they act in all the situations in their life. So if something really, really bad happens, and all they're doing is like, oh my gosh, everything sucks, this is terrible, oh my gosh, what am I going to do, this happened also, and there's no like... I'm trying to look for what the Lord wants me to hear, but it's mm. really hard, right? There, there's a difference between struggling and struggling while seeking God, mm. right? And so if they're struggling and they're like, okay, I know that this is hard, but I'm looking for, for what God wants me to be doing, or I know that this is hard, but like I'm really, really trying to hang on to the Lord, right? Those are different mindsets. Yeah. And, and it's a very it's very slight and it's subtle and you, you can miss it if you're not looking for it, mm-hmm. even in your own self. Um, but I think that once we shift from, okay, this is hard. What is God trying to teach me? What is God having me do? Or even, God is in control of this. Mm. I will just ride it out, and we'll see how it goes. Yeah. And the other side, it, it's hurtful to watch someone go through it without mm. hope. You know? And that's yeah. the other thing. They lose hope. Mm. If, they are have, if they have a totally earthly mindset, there's no hope So true. Just adding on to that, too, um, I feel like it's where they look, too. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying, like, when we go through something, we look to God, but I feel like people with, like, a worldly perspective look towards, like, validation mm-hmm. in the world. And, like, am, am I valued by you? Am I approved by you? Mm-hmm. And they look to the world for what God already provided. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Yeah, rather than looking for the finding security and the validation that we have in Jesus, they look for it in other people or in other ways. Yeah. Yeah, so on the flip side, who is someone in your life who you've seen have a heavenly perspective? And what does that look like in them? They're just not rattled. Like, like mm. the really, really, really good ones, they're just not Yeah. rattled. God throws something their way and they're like, cool. God wants me to do something different. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, wow. Like, how do they do that? That's amazing. Yeah. 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 I can. And the thing is, like, the people that are truly like that, I can, like, really count on my one hand. Yeah. Like, because you you have to grow in your faith so much to get that to that point where, like, if something was thrown your way, you'd be like, all right, Lord. Yeah. All right. Those are usually the people that you don't know something's going on until they tell you that something's going yes, on. Yes, like, yeah. Yeah. I feel like been acting the exact same like this whole time. Yeah. Without, yeah. Like, I don't know. It's just so crazy. Yeah. And I think, so for me
you asked that question and I went, okay, like fully developed heavenly perspective, right? Because there are people in my life that I'm like, <laughs> that is what I want to be. Like, like Kim <laughs> yeah. Kathy, right? Yeah. Those are the first people that come to my yeah. mind. Because that, that's just that's just who they are. But then I'm like, okay, there are people like you guys in this room that we struggle so much with so many things. But we are all seeking that. Yeah. And that's where we want to be. Yeah. So I'm not, not maybe any of you because I don't think you're great. But like, <laughs> I when I think of it, there's like a there's like a gradient, right? You, yeah. you, you want it and then you try for it and you keep going and then you get there. But. Yeah, for sure. It's like sanctification. Like right now, we might work every day to have a heavenly perspective. And every day it's going to grow maybe like one centimeter, you know. But then like by the time like we're 70, like Ken and Kathleen are, who have such this like amazing, like heavenly perspective. Like if they even start talking about heaven, they'll just start crying. It's just like, oh, like it's so real to them. And we want that so bad. But if we keep continuing our faith, we'll get there. Like right now we're like running the race, right? And we're like running and running and running. And every time we run, we get better. And so like. It, yeah, the Lord is so faithful. He's going to grow that in us. It's just sometimes hard. But, yeah, go for it. No. Um, no, when, I don't remember, I think you said something, Andrea, like about being like unraveled by mm. the different things that were going on. It just, it reminded me of like having God be a captain of the boat and then you're just kind of, you know, chilling. But then it reminded me of the story in the Bible where Jesus is on the boat. Mm. And there's a big old storm. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's freaking out. <laughs> he's just snoozing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then everybody else is freaking out, and he's like, all right, hey, God, it's all you. Yeah. And it all stops. He's literally like, why are you panicking? Oh, yeah. yeah. And it just reminded me of, like, like, obviously Jesus has the most heavenly perspective. Yeah. And I, I just think it's so cool to think about. Like, he was like, okay, God, this is yours. And then... Yeah. And he never changed. Well, he might have been a little annoyed, but he, he never changed yeah. his demeanor. Yeah. Yeah, it's so crazy. Because when I think about that, like him just sleeping in the middle of a storm, like I cannot sleep if there's like something wrong going on in my life. Like I really struggle to sleep if like there's any sort of stress, you know? And so it's just like crazy to me that Jesus can sleep in the middle of a storm. It just shows me how much growth I need yes. in my life if I can't sleep when like I I don't know like something so small and inconvenient is happening like there's just a lot of room for growth but the Lord is good but yeah I love that point Delaney um but yeah so Jesus says that the eye is the lamp of the body so light gets into our bodies through our eyeballs right so like we see light it comes into our bodies um and it's, it's how it's it comes inside of us and Jesus is saying that like whatever light you're looking at it's going to impact your insides mm-hmm. so you're either looking at heaven which is like the most majestic holy awesome light that's going to give you so much hope and joy or you're looking at earth which is like really this dim light that's only going to fill you with more darkness um so jesus is saying here that perspective matters so um just picture like two glasses right i feel like every preacher when he preaches on this uses glasses as an example but it's really like such a good example there you got your heavenly glasses which allow you to see far ahead see all the light and you see everything with the hope that we have in christ or you have your earthly glasses on, which are like dim and have scratches on them, and you probably need to clean them off a little bit. Um, and you can't see very far. You probably need to get your prescri- prescription changed, and you can't see anything farther than what is here and now. Um, so 
since Jesus is mainly talking about money in this passage, how are you going to view money if you have your heavenly glasses on? Yeah, it's God's money. Yeah. Yeah, how are you going to use your money if you have your heavenly glasses on? Less selfishly. Yeah, less selfishly. Because you can't say not selfishly. Maybe that's where it is. Yeah. Less selfishly. Less, yes, yeah, less selfishly. Yeah. I feel like when we view money in, like, a heavenly lens, we realize that it's not our own. Yeah. You know, and like you guys were saying, but we use it more for the kingdom mm. rather than for just whatever. Like yeah. We use it smarter. Yes, for sure. For yeah. Yeah, our first thought when we get our tax return is not, oh, I can't wait to buy some new clothes. It's like, oh, I wonder if, like, I could, like, should I tithe this? You know? It changes the way that we think. Yeah. How will you view your money if you're looking at it with your worldly glasses on? I think it'll seem to us like our provider. Like, it'll kind of be the thing that, like, they'll mm. like, provide for us. Like, yeah. Provide for our food and stuff. Like, yeah. And for everything. But, like, with our heavenly glasses on, we realize that God is bigger than that. And mm. He's actually the one that gave us the money in the first place. Mm. And He could take it away from us yeah. if He wants to, which, I mean, would be hard for us. But He also promised us that He would supply our every need according to, mm. like, the riches of Jesus Christ. So yeah. So it's like, like good to know that like if he does take away money we still have our provider yeah we have our heavenly glasses on yeah um yeah yeah that's a good way to put it like when you have your worldly glasses on you're thinking oh money is what is giving me this i think andrea made this comment once of like when you view like every meal every snack every gift as a gift from the lord it changes things where it's like no it's not actually from money it's from god's hands giving me these things but yeah that's really good Yeah, and this goes for anything else, right? Like anything else that you struggle with, any idol in your life, and you all know your hearts, you know what you struggle with, you know what an idol is in your life. You can just replace, like, like ask yourself that question. If so like for example, if you struggle like with body image, you can say you can look in the mirror on a bad body image day and you can say, If I'm wearing my heavenly glasses, how am I gonna view my body? If I'm wearing my earthly glasses, how am I gonna wear my body? Which one seems better? heavenly right it's always gonna be heavenly and we just work towards that and every day we put on those glasses and we look at things through a heavenly perspective and we pray that the lord would give us the strength to do that um so it goes for money and it goes for anything else that we struggle with um and i focused on one treasure um heaven and god um will not get distracted by the things of the world right it'll be kind of like that unrattled um person that andrea is talking about who something comes their way and they're like I trust the Lord. I'm looking forward to heaven. I can't wait for eternity with him. Um, There's only two perspectives. There's no middle ground. There's no, like, mixed glasses. One side's earthly, one side's heavenly. It's it's one pair of glasses or the other. And we have to choose every day which perspective we're going to have. Um, and then finally, Jesus says that you can only serve one master. Um, so we're all mastered by something. We like to think that we're independent. We like to think that we make our own decisions, that we're not influenced by anything. But that is so false. We're all dependents. We cannot survive on our own. And we're always being influenced by something, always changed by something. And we're always being mastered by something. Um, so Jesus says that those who have been saved and who are following Christ, they have a single devotion. They have one perspective. They have one goal, one master, one God, and that is Jesus. When you've been saved by Jesus, he should become your life. He should become everything. He becomes your king. Um, it's, it's Jesus 
Jesus or nothing. It's, it's, you're all in or you're all out. There's no in between. So don't let yourself be deceived. You can't have two lives. You can't have a double life. Um, and when Jesus is not the center of your life, you are so easily going to be pulled away from, from anything. If Jesus is not the center, as soon as a boy who comes in who is not a follower of Christ, who tells you something nice about yourself, you like that? Yeah. <laughs> nice about yourself <laughs> this is him talking he's telling you something nice about yourself you're gonna be pulled away like jesus is gonna be forgotten left in the dust um so i have an illustration i need three volunteers one two three perfect okay julia if you can stand in the middle so you guys can come up here in this area that i've cleared out julia will be in the middle and then yeah, you guys no, leave arms. Wait, and then let me move this. Wait, wait. Is this better? Perfect. Okay, so Andrea, this is your side. Delaney, this is oh, your side. Oh, Julia. Yes. So, so Delaney, I want you to try to get Julia on your side, and Andrea, I want you to try to get Julia on your side. Okay. Ready? Go. <laughs> Great job. Yep, that, that was a great illustration. Yeah, Andrea is very strong. Julia, are you okay? <laughs> um, so, this is like a kind of a stupid question after watching that, but can the person in the middle equally hold both parts? Can they stand their ground and not move at all? No. Yeah, no, they can't. It's impossible. Um, there's this constant tension, right? Like, Julia could not, she could not just stand there like a rock and be like, I'm making both of these sides happy. I'm just weighing them equally. Like, that wasn't happening, obviously, because Julia ended up on the ground with Andrea. Um, There's this constant tension. They're being pulled back and forth. Julia's constantly trying to make both sides happy, and she can't. Um, And then part of the, uh, I forgot to to do this part, but if Julia was to let go of Andrea, would her, like, what would, what would Julia, how would her stance be? Yeah, she, yeah, she just go right onto Delaney's side because there's nothing else pulling her away. She would just, boop, step right over to Delaney's side and stay there, hopefully. Funnily enough, that kind of happened. Like, she she slipped off my arm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So there's no more tension, right? It's just like. As soon as there's not another master there or another person pulling her away, she's fully and she's fully on the other side. She, there's nothing else like distracting her. Um, so Jesus says specifically that you can't serve um, God and you can't serve money at the same time. So if Delaney's God and Andrea's money, sorry Andrea. Right. Obviously, if Julia has her worldly glasses on, she's gonna end up on the floor with money and a heap. And she's going to choose money every time. But if she has her worldly glasses on, she's going to let go of Andrea and then step over to God's side, and there's not going to be any of that tension. Um, So I found a quote by John Piper, and he said, Either you are mastered by money and therefore ignore God and make him a bellhop for your business, or you're mastered by God and make money a servant of the kingdom. Um, So there's just two ways. Um, And how you use your money shows what masters you. So... I'm just going to say it, but if you are not tithing regularly, money masters you somehow. If you're not giving your money away, if you're not using it for the kingdom, money is mastering you. 
Um, and right now when we are young, this is the best time to build that muscle of giving and generosity because it's going to be so much harder if you're 40 and you're going to try to learn how to tithe then, than if you are right now where you are in like your late teens and your twenties learning how to tithe, you're going to build that muscle of generosity. It's going to just flow naturally from you. Um, Jesus wants our full allegiance. He wants us, he wants us to give him back our money, to use it, to serve others, to honor him and not obsess over it. Um, But this, again, goes for anything else in our life. Divided allegiance is not possible in the kingdom of God. And I know for many of us, maybe money isn't the one thing that's pulling us away from God. It can be anything. Um, And it can kind of be sneaky. So I made a list. I'm always making lists. Um, It's impossible to be fully devoted to God and date someone who is not fully devoted to God. I see this all the time. Like, I work in high school ministry. I see it, like, all the time. Someone will date someone that is not fully devoted to God because they're a nice boy who treats them well, quotations. And, oh, yeah, he goes to church, like, on Easter. Oh, okay. Um, and then, boom, they're gone from the youth group. I've never seen them again. It happens all the time. Um, it's impossible to be fully devoted to God and be okay with getting drunk on the weekends um, and smoking on the weekends and whatever you do at parties on the weekends. Um, It's impossible to be devoted to God and only use your money for selfish purposes. You cannot be all in with God and be okay with watching porn, sleeping with your boyfriend, or going, stepping over the line with your boyfriend. You cannot be fully devoted to God and be okay with skipping church to sleep in. It just doesn't work like that. You cannot be fully devoted to God and be controlled by the desire to please everyone and make everyone happy. And that just... That's the one that gets me. Yep. <laughs> um, one of these masters will always claim you. You'll be like Julia. You'll be pulled back and forth. Um, and more than often, and if you have your earthly glasses on, you're going to be pulled in the earthly direction. And you're going to just rot away with whatever your, whatever your heart is leaning towards. Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Um, so have you guys ever struggled with this two masters issue where you've been trying, you try to serve two masters at once? And what was it like? Stressful, yeah, yeah. There's almost like a discouraging part of it too, because like you, like you realize what you're doing, mm-hmm. but like a lot of times in a lot of situations, like it's almost like a comfort thing. Yeah. And it's like it's hard, it's hard to get out of any kind of situation. For sure. Uh, yeah. That's, that's also why I believe community is so important. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so important because um, you're not the only one who's like, like yes, you're actively working on it yourself. But yeah yeah because we're not created to be independent it's not like me and myself am gonna go fight this sin you will fail you need people it's so true yeah yeah anyone have like a a story of like how they overcame that two masters situation well for me like i um when I, like, started, like, my current job, like, I was mm. very dependent on it. I was like, this yeah. is going to be the thing that, like, that, like, saved me from, like, having a nine-to-five job, and I'm going to, mm. I'm going to be so peaceful all the time, and I'm just going to be, I'm going to have, like, this awesome job, and everything's going to be great, but, like, the whole time, I just had no trust in God at all, Yeah. which is so unstable, because, like, like, my whole life, like, I learned about the promises of God, and basically, by doing that, I was saying that God wasn't enough mm. to provide for me, mm. and what I was saying is that I needed more. Mm. In reality, like that thing that I was chasing wasn't going to provide for me. If anything, mm. it was just going to temporarily give me peace, but it was also going to bring me lots of trouble at the same time. Yeah. So, um, kind of the thing that got me out of it was like, kind of 
having it not complete me and like mm-hmm. realize that really quickly not really quickly it took a long time but like kind of have it realized that like my wedding painting job like didn't complete me at all and just being like tortured by that like all the time like mm-hmm. oh, I still need more I still need more I still need more and I just kind of came to the end of myself and eventually I was like okay I'm just gonna uh read the truth just okay. I don't care what the truth is I just need the truth mm-hmm. and uh, I just try to seek that out and then God was faithful in it and he yeah. really helped me yeah, it's awesome. All glory to God. Yes, yeah. always. always. Yeah, so good, so good. Yeah, because sometimes if you're being mastered by something, you can't always just cut it off or let go of it, like your business. Yeah. You have to insert truth and learn how to choose God over your business. And God will help us, because that's yeah. how he glorifies himself. Hmm. And that's what he wants to do, like what like, like Dad talked about, about how like everything God does is always to glorify himself. We just get to benefit from it. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's really good. Yeah. Anyone else struggled with this two masters thing and overcame it or are working to overcome it? For me, money is so hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's so hard because I was raised with a very specific view of money. Hmm. This is how you can handle it. This is how you handle debt when you have it. This is hmm. how you handle cash when you have it. Like, this is, this is what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And marrying David, I've already said this before, he is my opposite in so many ways. It's such a good thing. <laughs> But he is not totally opposite, but very on the other end of the spectrum when it comes to money. Because his view, and much of his family's view on money is, this is God's money. We're going to mm-hmm. use it how he needs us to use it. If that means that this week we're super, super strict about a budget, great. If that means the next week that we spend a lot of time in community and we go out with a lot of people and there's a lot of fellowship and or we're giving a lot or we're buying for other people or we're hosting or we're using our home for fellowship and providing what, like all those things, doesn't rattle him at yeah. all. And I am so stuck in this. Well, we need to be using your money for this, and we need to be budgeting like this, and we need to be, and like Maddie said, it, you see how trapped. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's trapping, and it's, and it's, it, uh, it's just, it's so hard. And mm-hmm. so, um, it, I, I struggle with it so much because I was raised with one view on money. Mm-hmm. And it's not a bad view. Yeah. It's a good thing to get out of debt. It's a good thing to be freeing up your money so that you can do things mm. for the Lord and for others and with others. It's a good thing. Yeah. Right? But when that becomes the sole focus, like for me, it's it's obsessive. Yeah. <laughs> it's really hard to get out of it because I'm like, well, we have a car loan. We have student loan debt. We have debt in whatever areas. Mm. We need to be getting rid of it. And David's like, the payment is going to be there. It's going to be fine eventually, or maybe not eventually. There will be a day when we can chunk it all off and it will be fine. But for now, this is what we're supposed to be using our money for. Mm-hmm. And it's also really hard because sometimes I feel super trapped. And this is going to sound really, really bad until I explain it. My kid has allergies. He can't eat all mm-hmm. the normal things. And so I either have to purchase things that are way more expensive or spend a lot of time making stuff from scratch. And that doesn't always work out. So then you have to go repurchase stuff. And, yeah. then, and it's just really hard. And I'm like, this is so difficult. Right. This kid, like, and gas prices are going up. Mm. And every prices of everything are going up. A bag of chicken nuggets is going to be two dollars, and now it's seven. Yeah. I know. And he can have. Well, and that's the thing. He can have one type. Right. So it's not like I can pick a different brand or right. off brand. And so, like, it's yeah. so hard. And sometimes, if I don't just step back and look at the big reality, is that the Lord has provided for all of these needs. We have never once gone hungry. Mm-hmm. We have always been fed. All the bills have always been paid. 
everything's just fine. It's yeah. not a big deal that you can't be paying off however much this month. And then, like, mm-hmm. it's not a big deal. And I am so trapped by it mm. because I, I'm like, but I'm supposed to be doing this. This yeah. is what is supposed to be happening. And we give, like, the first thing we do when, when David gets paid is give to the church. So that's never been an issue for us. But, like, the rest of it, yeah. <laughs> beyond that, Practically, how we use our money outside of giving to the church is so hard. And just, like she said, it's it's trapping. You mm-hmm. feel stuck. You feel just like you can't move. And like you're doing yeah. everything wrong. And you're trying to do everything right. And it's not. And then and then you adopt the perspective of everything's okay. The Lord has provided. Everything's mm-hmm. good. There will be time. He'll bless in other ways. Right. right now, he's really blessing David and his job and the way that they're making money and like, the new things that they're doing, and I just sit here, and I'm like, what a fool I am to think that the Lord doesn't have this covered, mm. that the Lord isn't going to provide this, and it's also foolish not to think that something's going to be hard, like, gas prices raising is really difficult, yeah. especially if you drive a lot, or if you just enjoy going places, right? like, it's difficult, and, then, and it's not bad to be like, wow, this is hard, mm-hmm. but it, ugh, yeah. it's so trapping when you feel like you're supposed to be doing this one thing. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not explaining myself very well. But no, you are. But it's so, oh my goodness. It's yeah. so overwhelming and hard. And then, like I have said a hundred times today, David is my opposite in every way. And he's just like, the Lord has provided. Why are you nervous? Mm-hmm. Everything's okay. Yeah. We can do all the things we need to and a lot of the things we want to, and the Lord is providing. Calm down. Mm. And I'm like, wow. It was a good thing that God designated the men to leave the household because. Or she would be thinking if I was leaving, and I'm so glad. Like, yeah, so good. Yeah, and I, I think it's so hard sometimes to, um, because the Lord also wants us to be wise with our money and not yes. just like throw it around. You know, you're like the Lord will provide, so I'll just keep, you know, this. Because like, right. your perspective of like let's plan, let's budget, like that's not wrong at no. all. Um, but and I also think that like personalities are more prone to certain things so like you're more prone to make sure that everything is like in place and like perfect and lined up and you have a plan and you know you're going to be okay where david's like more go of the flow go with the flow so that there's like but we each need each other right yeah david needs a plan because because he needs to use his money wisely for the lord i need to see the blessings that the lord has given us in the resources of our Mm -hmm. lives and so david's flexible attitude like i get to see the way the lord has blessed us and like physically like make it the forefront. You know, like these yeah. are not ignoring the way the Lord has blessed us, but Yeah, for sure. Both perspectives are good, both perspectives are bad, they both need each other to balance each other. Yes, out, yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think that like for you, you're in a lot of a different situation than a lot of us because you do have a kid to provide for and another kid on the way. Yeah. And it's just like you're like, yeah, it gets harder as you get older to make sure that your perspective on money is real but I think what you said about how you go to the Lord and you ask him like Lord this is overwhelming please help me mm-hmm. like that's sometimes all you can do because you just remind yourself yeah. of like I trust him I trust him I trust him even though in one moment you could just forget and get overwhelmed but continue to go back I have this list of things that I know we need to purchase things I know we need to do things I know we need to stock up on before baby and it's like by month mm-hmm. <laughs> like until August and I was so stressed out by it for a little yeah. for a while it was really helpful to get my brain in order and like okay this is helpful we have a list of what we need to be doing and then I got really obsessive over it and got really stressed over it 
So now, I'm just like, you know what, the list is probably done. I've spent way too much time on it. I'm sure it's finished. We're just going to focus on one month, and you know what, the rest of it, we're just going to pray over it. We'll yeah. provide for this. Lord, you're handling this. I'm ready to accept the ways that you're providing. Like, yeah. It's such a different perspective, and for it's so sure. much more freeing when we just have the heavenly glasses on. Yeah. And we're looking to the Lord, yeah. because the things need to get done. Mm. They're going to get done. Gonna get done so much better in such better ways if the Lord is just leading it and taking care of it. Like if I'm not worried about it, then God will do it way better. Mm. Every time. Yes. Especially if I don't get it away. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it's just like the Israelites in the wilderness and God gave them manna every day, but it rotted the next day. He's like, trust me, every day I'm gonna provide for you. Just trust me. And that's what he calls us to do too. But yeah, any other comments on anything? Um I've been I'm going to try to explain this as best as I can. Um, I think the more reason is like masturbated jealousy in comparison almost. Mm. Um, just because of like all the health stuff I've been, I've been like, dealing with, like comparing my health like to others' health and being like, oh, like I wish, like I wish I could be that healthier. I wish I could just like whatever, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Or like not even just solely for health either, just like, like I wish I could be that far along in my walk with the Lord hmm. and like comparing that way but I think the Lord has really blessed me here recently with like a spirit of like joy almost with like and like putting he's like helped me get to a mindset of like okay yeah this was like this really sucks right now but like eventually like it'll be used for his glory and eventually like like I will be like where he wants me to be it may not be like exactly where Brooke is it may not be exactly where you are but like I don't, he'll put me where he wants me to be. Yeah. He has a reason behind that. Yeah, for so sure. I feel really grateful that like he's been working that yeah. in me the past few weeks, yeah. months, whatever. Yeah. Uh, that's like a master slash master. Yeah. It's really only possible by like the power of the spirit and God working in you yeah. for like the master of comparison, jealousy, not to take over and mm-hmm. for you to have joy even when life throws really hard things your way like that is only the lord so that's an awesome testimony of like his goodness yeah yeah any other thoughts this is hard Hmm. it's just hard yeah (laughs) this is one of those things where like oh yeah we're supposed to have heavenly glasses god's Mm -hmm. supposed to be first we can do it let's leave and have a great week so hard. Yeah. It takes years and decades and so much time and so much active effort. Mm-hmm. Active effort. That's active the key. Effort. Yeah. There's a song called One King. It's by NBO Worship. Yeah. Really One good. King? Yeah. Okay. It's this one. I'll send it in the group. Yeah. Send it in the group <laughs> message. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. You're right, Andrea. It's so hard and it takes like constant active daily effort, daily minute prayer. Like, yeah. It's a battle. That's what we, we're in. We're in a battle. We're in a fight. We're in a race. And it's not easy. And in a moment, we can just forget it. We can put on our earthly glasses. But in those moments, there's so much grace and forgiveness. And the Lord, and we're not doing it by ourselves. Like, yes, it's so hard, but it's not by ourselves. We run the race with the Lord beside us, carrying us through. There's so many promises in the Bible about, like, God, like, keeping us, like, in perfect peace and, hmm. and strengthening us. 
and that's like something that I've been reading a lot lately because like I'm kind of I feel like I'm preparing myself for like something hard yeah <laughs> so I'm like I gotta keep in all these promises I gotta yeah. remember them because because like I mean like we've said this before like when God says something he means it uh-huh. and I've been reading um second Corinthians 1 20 through 22 and it says for no matter how many promises God has made there are yes in Christ so if we have Christ, then that means that those promises that are for him are also for us now, mm. if we are in him. And then, like, after that, like, I read, like, all the, like, some promises in Isaiah that, like, God said to, like, for his followers and, like, about how he will strengthen us and mm. his peace. And I'm not going through something hard right now, but I'm terrified about whatever <laughs> if I ever do, because I know, yeah. like, life is really hard. Um, but mm. I just, just try to use his words to strengthen me, because, like, they're his words and they're powerful and mm. and just um, trusting in his promises and not so much on the strength that I have right now. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Just like kind of preparing for whatever the Lord has you ahead. Yeah. 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 I think about that a lot too because I'm like, my life like really isn't that hard compared to a lot of other situations. It's really not. And so I'm like, well, the Lord says that suffering is ahead, so I need to equip my heart with scripture and the truth so that when those things do come I'm not pulled away onto the ground like Julia and yeah. Andrea. <laughs> and he will like help us, right? Yeah, like, he'll help us. He doesn't leave us alone. No, he kind of like says like, hey, like you need to do Yes, yeah. <laughs> also, I, I listened to a podcast a few weeks ago and it was so encouraging to me about the heavenly and earthly perspective and the guy that was talking in it was saying, you know, we always think, like, what's it going to be like in heaven when we look back on, like, the earth? Like, what will it be like? And he was like, well, you know, like, when you're in your mom's womb. I just saw that. Yeah. And he's like, you know you were there. Like, you spent nine months of your life inside your mom growing. Like, you were there. You were living. You were growing. Do you remember it? Not really. But you lived it. And it was just a small part of your life, right? It was nine months. And then you had your entire life. And he's like, not like I, he's like, not like I think that we're going to completely forget everything that happened on this earth. But when we get to heaven, we're going to look back, kind of like we were looking, like how we look back of like us as babies in our mom's womb. Like, we're going to be like, wow, that was so short, so small. I hardly remember any of it. And <laughs> the Lord was so faithful. And now I'm in heaven forever and ever and ever and ever. And it's just like, that helped me so much just see like, Right now, everything seems so heavy, so hard, so overwhelming. It can just like, and there's things that we walk through that I know a lot of you guys are walking through right now that are just like so hard and like so painful and don't make sense. But like when we have those heavenly glasses on, when we fight to put those on every day, there's so much more hope. And one day we're going to be in heaven with our Savior. Every tear will be wiped from our eyes. We will never cry again unless it's crying out of joy. Like, Praise the Lord. No more tears of sadness, you know, (laughs) and like no more stress, no more money issues, no more like people being bombed by Russia, you know, like there's not gonna be any more war or sin like ever. And that is our hope. Um, It's all because Jesus died for us and set us free. And that's what we that's we don't deserve one bit of it, but it's ours and we get to hold it and we get to be there with him one day. Um, And we're not a slave to anything. We're masters. Our master is Christ. 
right? We're not slaves to sin. We're not slaves to our idols, um, even though they try to tell us that we are. Um, so we choose him, and we, we allow him to master us, and he's the one that gives us the right perspective, and he's the one that helps us store our treasure in the right place. Um, it's not too late to become fully devoted to him. If you see in your heart that you've been mastered by two things, it's not too late to go to him and ask for forgiveness. And he's like a father who's so excited for his son who ran away to come home. He, he will welcome you with open arms. He loves you. He cares for you. He delights in forgiveness. It's not a burden for him to forgive. He delights in it. And like Elise keeps reminding us, he's the one that's going to give us the strength to learn how to put those heavenly glasses on and learn how to store up our treasures in heaven. And it's all because of Jesus, not because of us, not by our might, not by our power, but by the power of the Holy Spirit working in us because of what Jesus has done for us. Um, And we need him, and he's all that we need. Um, So I'll pray for us, and then we'll get on with our Saturdays. Um, Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for another Saturday morning. And Lord, I thank you for your word, which... Um, just speaks to us and teaches us and reminds us and Lord I just pray that with every day you would teach us how to have more of a heavenly perspective to store our treasures up in heaven to um, not be rattled by the things that go wrong here on earth but we would just look with hope and joy um, to heaven where you are and know that this world is not our home but um, you have something greater waiting for us and Lord, I just pray that with money issues, God, would you just give us wisdom? Would you remind us that you provide, that you're the one that is going to give to us what we need for every single day? Would we trust in that? Would we not be like the Israelites who so quickly complain and forget about your faithfulness, but that we just trust and know that you are God and you're God no matter what? Um, So God, I just pray that about anyone here struggling with money, um, that we would just be set free from that and learn the joy of truly trusting you in all things. And um, And Lord, comfort us when it is hard and remind us that it's okay to say, this is hard, but still trust you, like Andrea said, God. And Lord, I just pray that over any other idol that we struggle with. I know each one of us is wired differently and we're prone to different idols and we all struggle with different things. God, would you just teach us how to let go of those idols, to be fully devoted to you. Give us the hope that the sin that we struggle with now um, is possible to be overcome by only your spirit. Um, Give us that hope, give us that encouragement and remind us that You are God alone, and you do all things for your glory. Um, Lord, we love you. Thank you for saving us, and it's in your name I pray. Amen.